dignity and dishonor. In our last reading, when Dauverny was led to the grotto of Biasu, the cruel and haughty general tried to intimidate him into submission. But when, with his hyena-like sneer, ferocious laugh, and cruel, cunning expression, he scornfully pronounced only the words, I am Biasu, Dauverny remained calm and proud and made no reply. Provoked by Dauverny's stubborn pride, Biasu asked with spiteful sarcasm whether Dauverny had already been impaled by the soldiers so that he was unable to bend his spine before the great Biasu. In response, Dauverny only folded his arms, looked him straight in the face, and again remained silent. And finally, when Biasu asked Dauverny how old he was, Dauverny answered with deliberate insolence that he had turned twenty on the day that Biasu's friend Leogri was hung. The first of the three prisoners brought before Biasu, the carpenter from Cap Jacques Bélan, has a similarly admirable immunity to Biasu's intimidation, but he doesn't possess Dauverny's dignity. He identifies himself proudly as Biasu's first master and refuses to bow to his former slave. He mocks Biasu as being worth less than the thirteen piastres he collected when he sold him to a slave merchant. And he taunts Biasu cruelly about having sold off his decrepit and idiotic old mother for a paltry fee. In return, he is sentenced by Biasu to a gruesome death. But the carpenter's defiance and Dauverny's dignity make for a mighty contrast with the spineless, supplicating behavior we witness from the other two captive whites. First, there is the simpering Citizen C, who again produces his Rolodex of Negrophiles to prove he is a friend of the Negroes and mulattoes, not realizing he has betrayed himself in self-contradiction by using those derogatory terms. He tries in vain to flatter Biasu with fawning titles— your excellency, my lord, and citizen, and offends him equally with all of them. Finding himself with no means to ingratiate himself with flattering forms of address, he is beside himself with terror. Not so much calm impassivity here. When it appears that Biasu might be on to him, that he might know him to be the author of the abominable plan to protect Cap against the insurrection— he begs for mercy and offers up his services in every capacity he might offer them, as economist, manager, commissary, manufacturer, and more. And finally, when Biasu confesses that he knows all and scorns his dishonest captive for his shameful cowardice, citizency falls to the ground in a faint. Then there is the half-caste planter, who fought a duel with Dauverny to prove he was a white man— and now desperately avows to his captors that he is half-black, and one of them. In a feeble effort at proof, he points to the fact that the whites always despised him, a fact over which he once desired to fight Dauverny to the death. Biasu puts the man's pride to the ultimate test when he asks him to prove his loyalty to the blacks by acting as Biasu's executioner. And though he takes the dagger with trembling hand, extreme cowardice, produces courage. Such a brilliant phrase. And he slays his fellow prisoner. Far from the noble stalwartness of Dauverny, these men are simpering sycophants, ready to betray all their values and all their principles if it means they might save their own hides. 
Biasu puts it well when he tells Citizen C that to kill him rather than accepting him as his body servant shows that he has more regard for this man's honor than the man has himself. The dishonorableness of these two cowards is an excellent foil for the dignity of Dauverny.